0: Hi there and welcome to Global Heart Church. Uh, I'm Jared Keene, a senior pastor. And wherever you are tuning in from around the world today, really, really hope and pray that in our planning of this message, that it's going to really inspire you for the great journey that you are on and uh, for the great calling that you have in your own life. So enjoy the message and really pray that it's a blessing to you today. Well, I'm going to speak to all the dads today. And uh, mum's taken a note as well, but I'm going to speak to the dads. And just want to say that, uh, firstly, as I start, that fathers are so underplayed in society that it's incredible. The enemy works day and night to cause fathers to feel like they're not important, they're not valuable. Uh, The ministry of being a father, the role of being a father, it's downplayed. Uh, I think the... The, the greatest father we saw on TV at night that the world was putting out there as the example was Homer Simpson. Thank you for whoever did that, and uh, you know, and the Simpsons are funny, but really that was undermining fathers again that Homer was the example. When in actual fact, I want to say to all the men and uh, the young men, listen, believe to get married, believe to become a great dad, don't wait forever. There's no perfect time, but realise that what a father does and what a father brings to his children is absolutely so imperative, so important. And I was just looking at some of the stats. If you go Googling the stats on fatherlessness and what that does to children, it's absolutely, it's just disturbing. And uh, I was reading some of them and I haven't got time to go through them all. And it's a bit, it's, a, it's super challenging too, but it says that when fathers aren't there, they're affecting everything right from birth. And so when a father is actually even speaking to a child and reading to their child, the child's cognitive skills start going off the Richter scale compared to other children by the father's interaction and the reading of a book. If you're saying, I don't know what to do with my children, start reading to them and connect with your children over reading and uh, your connection uh, will actually already be, be an interruption to the bad behaviour they would have down the track. And so they're now saying that when fathers are not there and... Uh, They're not connected to their children, their behaviour is affected, their speech is affected, their emotional area is affected. Uh, They are likely, it's like off the Richter scale, to experience poverty that is uh, much more than the average. And so there's a whole lot of stuff, addiction to drugs, children out of wedlock, prison, all of the factors leading up to that... They've now put out, which obviously the media will never show you because they want to now celebrate your dysfunction. Don't you love it? I love the media and governments that they love turning people into victims because they know victims will vote for them. If you're a victim, you need the government to do everything for you. I need you to give me that check. I need you to do that. I need you to do that. I need you to do that that because I'm a victim. Well, I resigned from being a victim. I resigned from being a victim. (laughs) Write a letter to (laughs) to the enemy and to yourself. Sign your name and say, I resign from being a victim because I don't need a government to rescue me. I don't need anybody to rescue me. I'm not a victim anymore. And I don't, certainly don't need you celebrating my sin and my dysfunction because I had a lot of sin and a lot of dysfunction. And now what the culture does is we clap you when you're dysfunctional and sinful and broken. Wow, wonderful. So they're helping exploit people in their dysfunction. Jesus doesn't want us to exploit anybody. He doesn't want you exploited. He actually wants you to discover that there's actually a life of peace and healing and that your identity should not be determined by your feelings coming from whatever place in your life. And uh, many times it's insecurity and fear and dysfunction and broken relationships and people form an identity. No, no, no. Jesus created you, you're made in the image of God and you want to go to God and get your identity and say, Lord, show me who I am. So I resigned from victimhood. Can I encourage you? It's a really good thing to do. And uh, you'll go on and have a great life and walk into freedom year by year. So good. So the, the, so father, where fathers are not connected with their children, they're not involved, the behavioural problems go off the Richter scale, but particularly for boys, So the behaviour goes off the Richter scale. Academic performance for boys, dives. For girls, it's impacted as well. Um, Delinquency, youth crime, violent crime. They attach it all to uh, a father. He may be in the house, but he's absent emotionally. And uh, they're saying that all of that is impacting uh, the jails. And America, 85% of people in America, so translate that statistic to here, 85% of those in prison in America, uh, do not have an active father in their life, or he's abusive, or he's absent emotionally. 85%. So, drug and alcohol goes off the Richter scale. Homelessness, they reckon 90% of runaway children have an absent father um, emotionally, or he's just not there. So, 90%. Um, exploitation goes off the Richter scale. Uh, exploitation of children, children are put at more risk uh, when the father's not in the home, particularly due to potential uh, multiple relationships that may be occurring in the family, physical health problems, the children's health is impacted. This is all coming out of studies now. The children's health are impacted, their mental health disorders, emotional health disorders go up here when the father is not in his right place. Can you see why the devil walks day and night to destroy marriage, undermine marriage, undermine the family he works day and night and what's really sad is most people in our community and our culture most people you walk past them every day have no clue as to why they are like how they are they have no clue why am i like this they haven't they don't put the pieces together so we need iq right but everybody to do life well you need eq need to go why how did i get here why am i here and uh, by 19, I had decided, which I think I was must have been ahead of the crowd, but I was like, I am done with this. I am not going to do what my parents have done or my grandparents. It, is, they have, it has not worked. One of the great things you can do is to sit back with some EQ and IQ and look at your family situation. And if it wasn't good, stop yourself and go, this is my moment to not repeat this. This is my moment with other people who are ahead of me, you need to get around people like me and other people who've come from a lot of bad, broken relationships, dysfunction, abuse, and go, what do I do? You need to get in the sip stream. There's we've, we've got a lot, actually. It's probably the whole staff. Anyway, <laughs> it's quite a few. And uh, the, the next one after me, he went to Montreal. He, he's over there helping all the people over there. But most people have no clue. But if you can stop and say, right, I'm not repeating this. Come on, get some oomph. Men, if you get some grunt, and girls, get some grunt and say, I'm not doing this, I'm not repeating this, then you can have a new life and a new family that really the world kind of mocks it as this, you know, oh yes, the, you know, the average family, they kind of mock it. No, 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 it's not to be mocked. It's, meant, it's how we're designed to have healthy relationship, healthy family, healthy children, healthy grandchildren. Not perfect, but living something that you are like, this is what God designed us to do. And it's, and it's feeding your heart, your soul, your mind with health in Jesus' Name. So, so uh, fathers, children are more likely to have low incomes, unemployment, goes on and on. Future relationships are impacted, more likely to dissolve. So all of this, right, and even mortality rates are higher when dad is not in his rightful place. So guess what the devil does? He hides that from you. He makes you think you're, devil makes you think, no, you just need to be who you are. That's who you are, just who you are. No, it's not. You're the result of sometimes other people's bad decisions and dysfunction. And because of that, don't embrace it and make it your identity. So I was refusing to embrace that identity of brokenness and this is how it is. And, and it didn't make everybody happy. By the way, there's a lot of people like you when, you're more, when you stay dysfunctional. <laughs> a lot of people like you when you stay broken. Oh my gosh, it was amazing how when I said, no, I want to go forward. I wanna. And when I became a Christian, by the way, I couldn't have done it without God's help, number one. Without God's grace, I could not be what I'm doing today, 42 years later. Be safe, be married, have our children, grandchildren. No way. The grace of God. But I had to swallow my pride and say, right, God, I do not want that. I don't know how to get to where I need to go, but help me and grace me and uh, and help me to stay in church because I tend to be independent and proud and do my own thing. And God said, yep, just like everybody else. <laughs> but I'll help you with that as you surrender to me your independence. And uh, so I'm a good team player now, but it uh, took, took a little while to get there. So everybody, I'm just saying to, again to all the dads, you are so important in the health emotionally, mentally, and spiritually, and physically of your children. And so I want to encourage you today. And my word for the day is there's Grace. Grace. God's riches at Christ's expense. Unmerited favour is another definition of grace. There's grace for you to become a loving dad. There's grace for you to become a loving grandfather. There's grace for you to do life and do relationships. There's grace for you to, to you know, actually move forward and, uh, and not stay in the past if you choose it and then you put some grunt to it. What does grunt mean? It means strong, for me, it's strong decision. Strong decision. Too many times, men and women, we're too, well, maybe, I might, well, yeah, maybe. Listen, (laughs) you already made your decision, I'm not doing it. Everybody says, oh, maybe, and you know, one day, you're telling me right now, yeah, I'm not doing it. You have to make a decision, go, right, I'm going to move forward. And I thank God that I married Sue because she determined to move forward in her life and that we both wouldn't repeat what we'd experienced as children. And so now our children, thank you, Jesus, they've not had a perfect download because they know where they could have because we were, we were making it up as we went in line with the Bible. But we are not those people at all because of the grace of God. But Sue and I both had to make a determined decision. We are not going back. We're not staying victims. Everybody does not help you or anybody if you stay a victim on the couch. And you may not be on the couch, but you're a victim on the couch of your mind, <laughs> the couch of your heart. You just lie it out. That is not helping you or anybody else. And I want to encourage you, whatever age you are, make a decision. I need to make, I need to make a decision to go and go, I'm going to make whatever part of my life I have, maybe it's the whole of your life, maybe it's a section of your life. Lord, it's going to be different because of you, Jesus, and I'm getting into agreement with you. You know, in second Corinthians 12:9 it says, but he said to me, "My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness." Therefore I will boast Paul said all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Everybody, I'm weak in this area. I was credibly weak as I started out doing fa- uh, family and being the dad, Incredibly weak, full of fear. But as I drew near to God, This scripture reminded me: God's grace is sufficient for me. His power is seen in my weakness when I give it to Him. Everybody, give your weakness to God. Dads, give your weakness to God. Granddads, give your give your. Tell God, here's my weakness. Don't be silent. Too many of us are silent with God. We kind of think, well, God knows. (laughs) Yeah, but God's waiting. He's relational. He's waiting for you to say, God, here's my pain. Here's my childhood. And I think I told you years ago when I was just starting to get a revelation when I was about 30 of really how bad my childhood was. God protected me when I became a Christian at the end of my teen years. When I started to get a revelation of how bad it was. And, uh, and I remember just God speaking to me really clearly and saying to me, I can't give you childhood back, but I can give you a new life. And I was like, and I loved it because I knew it was God because my dad, unfortunately, due to his addiction was manipulative and deceptive. And God told me straight away the truth. I can't give you your old life back, can't give you childhood, but I can give you a brand new life if you let me and I'll grace you, but fall into me, Jared, (laughs) fall into me. And as I fell into God, thank you, Jesus, His uh, power um, was made perfect in my weakness. As I saw God moving in my life. 1 Corinthians 4, everybody says this For though you might have 10,000 instructors in Christ, yet you do not have many fathers. For in Christ Jesus I have begotten you through the gospel. So, Paul also saying there, there's lots of instructors, lots of people want to teach, tell you something about the Bible or tell you about the Christian life, but he says, But you don't have many fathers. Fathers are up close. They get, they're relational. They're concerned personally. And Paul's actually saying, we need those kind of men in the body of Christ who come around other younger guys, other younger men, younger fathers, younger leaders, come alongside them, speak into their life, bring hope to them. And, uh, and Paul's saying, we've got all these instructors, but we haven't got many fathers. And one of the most bizarre things ever, God, you are so interesting, is that God pretty quickly after I had gone through such an abusive childhood, neglectful childhood. And then God, pretty quickly, I was becoming a spiritual dad at about 30. And I was like, what the heck? <laughs> what happened there? And I love it. God was saying, hey, though that's your total weakness, I'm going to anoint you now to become a dad and sue the same. And so we became spiritual parents very early. I'm like, what? That's, that's God's, ha, hello, His power being shown in our weakness. God wants to show His power in your weakness. Don't be put off because you're weak. No, that that means that you're, you're set up to be somebody God could really use powerfully and number one, to honour Him. So one father is worth more than 100 schoolmasters. So we don't need schoolmasters, well, we do, but we much more need in the house of God, particularly we need fathers and spiritual dads And even now in Africa and in Rwanda, to be honest, even what I'm doing, we're doing there. But when I'm there, like I'm really spiritually fathering Africans and Rwandans and, you know, isn't God funny? The very thing that was such a weakness, God says, now I'm going to move through that area in your life. Don't be put off everybody in the areas of your weakness. Frederick Douglass said this, he says, It's easier to build strong children than to repair broken men. It's easier to build strong children than to repair broken men. So together, dads and mums, we can, if we focus and say, hey, I want to be part of building my children's lives, helping build other people's children's lives. What a great thing. Then it's much easier to do that than it is to repair them in adult life. And I like this. I've learned that a father's love can fill a child's soul to the brim. Dads, we are called to fill our children's souls up. And when I talk about soul there, I'm not talking about their eternal soul. I'm talking about the soulish area of their life, which is their emotional area, their thinking, their heart, um, you know, their imagination. It's that you're filling them up. And how we're filling children up is they need time. For children, love is spilt T-I-M-E. And so they need our time. They need to put our phone down and we need to help our children, everybody, get off their phone, get off their iPads and get around the dinner table. And if, you, if it's you and one child, get around the dinner table every night of the week in Jesus' Name. And we need to give our children affirmation. What does that mean? And I Tell them I love you. Tell them they're great. Tell them I believe in you. Tell them if it's your daughter, you are so pretty. She needs to hear that from you every day. You're good looking, tell your son. You're smart. We needed to tell them words. If you didn't have words, I didn't have words. I had to say to God, help me with words because I was having to give something that I didn't get. My mom did say to me from time to time, I love you. And uh, so that was good, but nothing from my dad. So I was having to say, God, help me give words to the boys. And, uh, and listen, God will grace you and He graced me. And I love the boys. And I think I was probably over-affectionate with them. I was always rumbling and kissing them and hugging them. And just, you know, I was trying to really go, um, you know, and give them what I thought they needed emotionally. Celebrate and highlight that which is good in your children. Celebrate and highlight. Don't be spending your time. If your parents pointed out where you were wrong, you were bad, you failed, drop that. Resign from doing that with your own children and grandchildren. Drop drop that. If you need to have a serious conversation about it, make that a time where you're having a coffee with them, or you know you're doing something to say, "Hey, listen, I need to talk to you about an area uh, that that's happening in your life right now." But balance it with all of the good. Start with all of the good. Always start with the good, how much I love you. Balance it out in Jesus' Name and celebrate and highlight that which is good. And once again, lean into the grace because God's grace is there to help you love your children with words and affection and affirmation. You know, two wrongs that dads can make is that they over-discipline or they under-discipline their children. So after giving all the love and words and affection and working on that and, and working on time and Dad putting your phone down and sitting around the dinner table... Um, which we need to do for our children. That's, that's their love language. Ask them how their day was. Ask your three-year-old, how's your day? Ask your four-year-olds, how's your day? How you, was this? How was that? Be interested in them. Find out who they are. Um, and you know this, children are designed to crave attention. Children are designed to crave attention. Nothing more awful when you see parents in the shopping centre and they're on their phone the whole time and they've got like a two-year-old and a three-year-old behind them. That really gets to me. I'm like, what are you doing? It's your one moment to be really connecting right now with that child. I go to the gym sometimes and uh, <laughs> Yeah, that 60 thing, whatever. Anyway, but I watch parents walk into the gym and the gym door slams shut and they've locked out two and three-year-olds because they're on their phone. And I'm like, I want to say to the parents, listen, I know you mean well, but your children are not dogs. They're your children. Let them go first. Love them and lead them in. Every child craves your interest, your attentions, attention, and your presence. Fathers, your children are craving your presence. And uh, they are looking to see what you think about everything. They're looking at your eyes. They're picking up what you feel. And you need to realise, hang on, I need to not download my stress to my children and be dumping all my issues. Do not tell your children your issues. Do not go tell your children how their mother upsets you. Moms, don't tell your children how your dad upsets you. The only one you're affecting there is not the person who's upsetting you, the adult. You affect your children. Psychologically, your child is half of that mother, half of that dad. Never tell your children your problems. Don't discuss your sexual life with your children. <laughs> that happens. Oh my gosh, some of you know what I'm talking about. Your parents have discussed this and that. No, no, no. You keep your relationship with your husband, wife separate over here and you do not cross a boundary to children. So many children I counsel, they're, they're like 20 in reality, but their real age, I'd say is 37, 38, because they're carrying their parents' lives they're carrying their parents' responsibilities. Their parents are telling them everything that's happening in their life with their mother or their father. Don't do it. Get a friend, get a counsellor, see a pastor, see Luke. <laughs> sorry, Luke, you've just been a focus for the last month. I'm just, it's about to, it's about to get, we get tired of that any minute. And there's a time to say sorry to your children as well, parents. Dads, there's a time to say, sorry, honey, I said that to you. I should not have burdened you with that. Tell your son, tell your dad, I'm sorry I burned you with that. Dad did the wrong thing doing that. I shouldn't have done that. Sorry for that. And, uh, and let your children be children. Let them be children. Let your teenagers be teenagers and don't make them responsible for your life or to make your decisions. That's not their job. You're the adult. So pray and say, Lord, get me, help me find a friend, two friends, a counsellor, a pastor, so that I can release my children to be children. Be known by your children. Let your children know you. They often get to know you best through storytelling. Tell them about your life. Tell them the, the good stories. Tell them age-appropriate things, by the way, as well. Um, and, uh, and start rituals with your kids. I like watching my boys with their children. They've got little rituals happening, story time, food time, going out time, doing this, doing that, talking, having fun. Lots of bedtime rituals. Dads, you need to be involved in that and just say, Lord, help me to set up rituals and traditions. Um, we have a tradition today. It's Father's Day. So obviously everybody knows you need Guinness pie, right? So, so Sue, until you go to heaven, <laughs> it's Guinness pie every Father's Day, right? <laughs> no, but have, have little family rituals, right? And the children will love that. They'll really take on that tradition. It's so important that we're doing things. Um, yeah, so... So if your dad was totally disengaged, leaning to God for His grace, because somebody has to decide to break the chain. Dad, somebody has to decide to break the chain. Mums, somebody has to decide to break the chain. If your mother just was disconnected, then break the chain and say, no, I'm gonna put my phone down. I'm putting down all these interferences and I'm gonna sit and look at my children in the face. I'm gonna ask them about them. I'm gonna talk to them. And you watch, your heart will get filled because you're... you're. Uh, you're being filled up to your relationship with them. God's grace fills the gaps. God's grace fills the gaps. And uh, 1 Corinthians fifteen ten, another verse to look at says, But by the grace of God, I am what I am, Paul said. And His grace toward me was not in vain, but I laboured more abundantly than you all, yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. I love this Scripture because it talks about supernatural productivity that would not have happened but for the anointing of God. And Paul's saying, you know, I, had, I was doing all this stuff. Was, I was labouring and, oh my gosh, it was quite abundant. But I can't believe it because it was not me. It was actually the Lord. God will give you grace to be secure when you feel insecure. God will grace you when you spend time with Him. When you spend time with Him, God will grace you to stay and to stand strong in your family and strong in your life. Not perfect but He will grace you. Grace to choose Him and His way when discouragement is attacking you. I lean into God. Sometimes who doesn't have discouragement at some time in your life? Disappointment. By the way, disappointment can be an appointment. <laughs> can work for you. But lean into God. Spend your, get out in the park with God. Sit quietly somewhere in a park and say, Lord, I'm just reaching out to you. Tell the Lord what you're grateful for. And then say to God, and number one, I'm grateful for Him, you Lord. But then ask God to grace you for whatever situation you're facing. Um, Choose. Here's a good one, dads. Choose happiness over sadness. Choose to enjoy your life. Choose to enjoy your wife. Choose to enjoy your children, your grandchildren. Choose to enjoy God. Choose to enjoy His people and His house. Listen, when you choose wisely, listen, it's actually maturity. I never realised the power of choices. I just was a victim of my parents' choices and I complained about that quite a lot as a teenager and I was a victim of their choices. I, I couldn't get out of it. But when I became a, got out of my life there, instead of having my own life, I realised, hang on a minute, choices have power. I can choose to look miserable. I can choose to put people off. I can choose faith. I can choose joy. And when I do choose, that's the sign that I'm growing up spiritually, emotionally, and mentally. Aging doesn't mean you're growing up. You could be 70 and be 15, but you can make a decision. I'm gonna choose well now. I'm gonna choose happiness over sadness. I'm gonna choose to live. I'm gonna choose to make the, the best of a bad situation if you're in a challenging situation. Dads, can I encourage you too? if you've got challenges with your children's mother, speak positively about their mother. It is so important for your children's health. And, uh, and I just encourage you to choose respectful words when talking about your children's mother always. And if you do, those children, even if you're not together, will later in life want relationship with you because you're respectful of their mother, despite what might be going on between the two of you. Choose respect in Jesus' Name. Start to become a good representation of Jesus to your children. So important. Your children need a great representation of a great Christian who loves God and loves His house. They go together. So many people love God, but I don't love God's house and I don't, don't operate. Well, if, if I'm outside of God's house, chop my hand off now, put it on a chair and let it sit there and tell me how full on for life my hand will be in about a day how operating it will be, how excited it will be, how flourishing that hand will be. A lot of Christians are chopped off from the body of Christ. And then they say to me, I I don't know where God is. I don't think God's real. I'm like, no, no, you're a chopped off hand. A hand chopped off on a board, sitting there in a day's time, my hand, tomorrow will look a pretty sight, but it will also be dying. That's like some Christians who say, I love Jesus. Yeah, but if you love Jesus, you love who He died for. Acts 20, 28 says, Purchased the church, purchased the church with his own blood. So, how can you not love what he purchased the church with his own blood? I have to. So, 42 years in church, hallelujah. Start to become a good re- re- representation of Jesus to your children, and they may just end up in their destiny if you're modeling servanthood, and that will be exciting. Children need models rather than critics, and they need parents, Christian parents, to major on majors. Dads, not majoring on minors. Some of us major on, you know, what we need to do in everybody else's life. No, no, major on what we need to do as a family to serve the Lord, make adjustments to honour God, make adjustments to build God's house, make adjustments to get generous. What do we need to do? And then you watch your children grow up, uh, hopefully, healthier Christians than the average because you majored on the majors. Amen. Tell them they're special. Tell your family, Dads, we are called as a family. Tell your children, we're called as a family. And then explain to them what they're called for. I started encouraging the boys in their calling. George, you're called to ministry. This is your calling. You're in that. We're called as a family, but I'm telling the children. So many parents are like, get with their kids and they're like, well, um, you know, uh, well, um, I'm all out. Everybody, we're not meant to be out. We're meant to discover who our children are. Who are they? And who are they in God. Who are they in God? I got with Nathan and said, Hey, Nate, working at a church one day. He goes, Heck no. <laughs> he goes, Dad, I'm called to business. And I said, I know, I just threw it out for fun. But I said to him, you, he's got two businesses with his wife and Susie, Susie as well with the uh, speech therapy, Little Lions. But he's also got a political thing. That's his calling. I need to discover that and then back him in that calling. Everybody, don't be a Christian parent who's not backing your children in their destiny. Some parents go, oh, we're trying to get them back to church. What? What? That's not it. It's get them (laughs) to be coming to the body of Christ because they're a believer and then to walk in their destiny unfolding. I'm gonna take that. You're gonna hear that from me till I go to heaven that you find your kingdom purpose in the house and find your kingdom purpose out of the house. We are meant to be doing both of those and we're meant to help our children do it. So a daughter needs a dad to be the standard against which she will judge all men. A daughter needs a dad to be the standard against which she will judge all men. Dads, hug your girls, love your girls. Speak words of sensitivity to them. Tell them how beautiful they are. Girls need to hear from you. And by the way, there's no corner on the market of masculinity or femininity. Don't think that there's some, this is, you know, you're meant to be this, you're meant to be that. Uh, Now, I'm not talking about stepping outside of their born biology, but I'm just talking about uh, whether, even if you've got a child that's a strong child, they still need sensitivity because they're human. Strong children, strong boys, strong girls still need emotion and sensitivity because they're human and you don't need to go I know they're a toughie they're a toughie no the toughies end up mentally unwell because nobody's ever sensitive to them nobody's ever caring with them but do have fun and play with the boys I love this my father used to play with my brother and me in the yard our mother would come out and say you're tearing up the grass and the father would say this we're not raising grass dad would reply we're raising boys good one God's grace gives power; gives you power to stay standing, which in turn leads to staying power, staying in your, with your children, staying in your marriage, staying in the house of God. Staying. The Bible says, "Having done all else, stand." <laughs> and through that, you'll overcome evil with good. If you're like me and you had evil done to you in your childhood, you can overcome evil with good. And I love that that God has overcome the evil that happened to me with His grace and His goodness. You impact yourself, by the way, with high self-esteem when you start setting about doing the things I'm talking about. Your self-esteem, Dad, goes up. Last couple of thoughts. You set generations up with equity or iniquity. Your choice. My family was generationally iniquity, sin, mental illness, addiction. But it wasn't gonna end because I was like, you know, it'd be so good not to do that anymore. (laughs) That was not gonna end. It was gonna end because I said, God, God, Help me now not to repeat this. Jesus, help me to be in Your house. Help me to be in Your Word. Help me, God. Grace me, otherwise I'm going to repeat it and set my family up for iniquity for another generation. But I made a decision and Sue made a decision. We're going to set the boys up with equity and hopefully we've been doing that in Jesus' Name. Perfection is not attainable, but if we run after perfection, we may just catch excellence. I like that. Perfection as a dad or as a parent it's not attainable, but if we run after it, we may just catch excellence. You bring excellence into your family. You will in turn be so blessed by the generations following you when you start applying what I've been talking about and reaching out to God for His grace. By the way, remember this, dads. the last one. What you sow, you will reap later in life. What you sow, if you sow nothing down the track, don't complain when you have nothing. Some people say to me, Pastor Aaron, i got no friends in church. I've got no friends here. I've got no this. And I'm like, well, what have you been sewing? And they look at me like I'm mad. And I'm like, well, if I go to Bank West where I have an account and say, am I de- and I go and say, hey, listen, I want um, $10,000. And they say, well, Mr. Keyon, your account is empty at the moment. We can't give you $10,000. You haven't made a deposit. Everybody, you cannot withdraw rela- relationally from people if you don't ever make deposits. <laughs> Bank West is not gonna give me 10 grand because I said, yeah, but I'm a nice guy. People should be nice to me. They should give me the 10 grand. I'm a good guy. Come on, let's be friends. They're like, look, we like you, but you're not getting 10 grand. You've never made a deposit of 10 grand. Everybody, you've got to make deposits if you're going to withdraw in life. Don't be complaining when the power is with you to start making deposits. What you sow, you'll reap later in life. Galatians 6, 7 to 9. Do not be deceived. God's not mocked. For whatsoever a dad sows, that will he also reap. For He who sows to the flesh will of the flesh reap corruption, but He who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. Let us not grow weary, dads, while doing good. For in due season, we shall reap if we don't lose heart. Can one of the fathers, one of the granddads say a big amen to that? Come on, come on. Thank you so much for joining us online today.